0: Our second scripture comes from Mark 3, chapter 3, verse 20 to 35. You may stand if you are able to stand. Then Jesus entered the house and began a crowd, and and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Bezebu, by the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. So Jesus called them all over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can certain drive out certain? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand, his end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first trying up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they order. But whoever transfers against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, they are guilty of an internal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an impure impure spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived, standing outside. They sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? he asked. Then you looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sisters and mother. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God.
1: You may be seated. I want someone to hear this today. He who began a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it. The onus is on the Lord. Repeat after me. He who began a good work in you, repeat after me. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. To complete it. Amen. Well, As you listen to the gospel story on today, you need to know that the backdrop that has taken place prior to Mark's account of Jesus's encounter with the scribes and with his family, is was a time when Jesus found himself healing individuals from illnesses and diseases. And those individuals who had been bound by illness, bound by diseases, found themselves after hearing the good news of God's love and grace proclaimed through Jesus Christ, they experienced freedom they experienced life they were no longer bound up and as the text informs us in chapter 2 they found themselves gathering hanging out with Jesus people who the scribes and others thought were nobodies people who the scribes and others called the other they're the people Who Jesus hung out with? See, that begs you and me to answer this question. Who are the people who we're hanging out with? Are they the people that Jesus would want us to hang out with? Are there other people that Jesus is calling us individually and as Evangel Heights United Methodist Church to hang out with? The people who hung out with Jesus were considered outcasts. Who are the outcasts today? The people who found acceptance, who found a sense of family, who found a sense of belonging were people that were invisible to so many other people. Oh, Evangel Heist Church family and friends, what a wonderful time to be the body of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful time to be the church of Jesus Christ because we can show the world Who God loves and who God sees as family. We can show the world that God is calling everyone to belong. Social scientist Brene Brown informs us that all of us are hardwired to connect with others. All of us are hardwired to belong. And I would suggest to you today that one of the reasons why gangs are so popular with young people I would suggest to you today that one of the reasons why there are certain groups that are so attractive to other people is because they, have a, they give them a sense of belonging. The church has a lot of work to do, don't we? Don't we? Because, see, we've been practicing some, I would call it, exclusion. You know, unless you are, fill in the blanks then you can't be a part of us. But what this text informs us of today is that Jesus Christ is looking for anyone and everyone who is receptive to the good news that God loves us all, regardless of who we are, regardless of what our zip code is. God loves us all, and God is calling us to be a part of God's family. God is calling us to experience this wonderful sense of belonging. Amen? Amen. 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 See, there are some people who are wondering, do I belong? If I were to show up at Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, would they accept me? Do I belong? Would they really show me the love of God as revealed through Jesus Christ, if they really knew all that I did and what I was involved in before or even now, would they accept me? Would I belong? Oh, Evangel Heights Church family and friends, I would suggest to you that our response is only one response and it is a resounding YES! Yes, come. We've been waiting for you. You and you and you. You who does not meet, you who do not meet any criteria other than you are made in the image of God and we love you. And here is where you can experience belonging. Amen. So we look at the text today. And Mark, in his unique way, he, um, he, he, he takes a story... <laughs> He divides it in half, and he places another story in the, mid- in the middle of the story. He's just divided. What do you mean, Pastor? Journey with me through the scripture. So we begin, we begin this gospel lesson being informed, or I should say this gospel lesson informs us that Jesus' family is concerned about him. They've been hearing rumors that uh, he's out of his mind, his behavior. I would suggest the fact that he was hanging around people that other folk thought were not worthy. I would suggest to you there were some folk who thought he must be out of his mind. It's just like the pastor who goes to a bar and orders Coca-Cola. And sits there and talks to people. There's some good Christians who would think he must be out of his mind. The parents thought, the family of Jesus thought he must be out of his mind. We need to go and we need to retrieve him. I wonder, hmm, were they only concerned about Jesus? Or were they also concerned about what people would think about them? And so they go and they attempt to retrieve their loved one. And yet, in the midst of all of this, we now hear that the scribes are looking at all that Jesus has done and said, and they've come to one conclusion. They've come to the conclusion that these, this behavior, this, this attitude that is not in alignment with God's word, it just means one thing He's been possessed by the evil one, He's been possessed by Beelzebub, which was interesting because that was a Jewish corruption of the the Syrian god Beelzebul, which meant Lord of the house. They said Beelzebub, which means Lord of the flies. There's only one reason why he's behaving the way he is, and that is because he's been possessed. No no right, no person in his or her right mind would act the way Jesus Christ is acting. No person in his or her right mind would look at someone, see them bound and captive, Stephen ministers, and speak words of life and hope to them by walking with them and showing them that you care through Jesus Christ. He must be out of his mind. And watch what Jesus says after he's healed someone in their midst. He says, and this is the point I want you to highlight, he says, there is no way that Satan can go against Satan and Satan still survive. But the piece that I, the the scripture, the verse that I really want you to to focus on, your attention on is this verse that is found in, and please forgive me, I'm going to turn to it. It's in verse 27. Listen to this. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up, then he can plunder the strong man's house. That text reminds us that Jesus Christ has bound up satan and satan no longer has power over us followers of jesus christ jesus christ has all power why do i want to emphasize this today because there are so many people walking around in fear they're concerned they're afraid jesus christ has destroyed the yoke of fear which is a weapon of the enemy. If I keep you afraid, then you won't reach out to those who do not look like you, talk like you, or think like you. If I keep you afraid, you will demonize the other. And you will not be concerned about their coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If I keep you afraid, you'll start justifying behavior. That's inhuman. Brene Brown said, made a very interesting comment. She said, you know, she said, um, when we start, this is pastor's word, when we start demonizing others, then it's easier, then it becomes easy for us to no longer see them as human beings, Brene Brown says, and then we can justify behavior Because we no longer see them human, we can justify behavior and actions that are not reflective of one human being relating to another. Jesus said, I have tied up. Satan. I've got all power. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then he says something very interesting and and I want to emphasize this point as I bring our time to a close. He says very interesting. He said be careful about not recognizing what the Holy Spirit is doing in your midst. Be careful about mislabeling the Holy Spirit's work. Don't Call the Holy Spirit's work evil. I want to go back to this particular verse. Truly I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin when I was growing up, people used this particular verse here to say that anyone who committed suicide was going to go to hell. That's not what this text says. This is not condemnation against suicide. This is condemnation against seeing the Holy Spirit at work and thinking that it is not the Holy Spirit at work. I'll give you a classic example. You may know the name, you may not know the name. The name is Kirk Franklin. Probably 20 plus years ago, this young man showed up on the gospel scene. And, and Dennis, uh, he began to introduce music that had a pretty fast beat to it. And he came out with a song called Stomp, although you did not know that while you were speaking today. And so his people, his people were moving, and, and he had the organ to start talking. Have you ever heard an organ talk? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but because of the genre of gospel music that he introduced to the world, he was labeled as one who was doing the work of the devil. When in actuality, what he was doing was opening up gospel to the ears and eyes of young people who could not relate to the traditional gospel music. So, I think we do have to be careful, yes. We are to be attentive, yes, because we have seen people uh, do signs that would have us to think that they are carrying out the work of the Lord. If you go back to Exodus, I think it's chapter 7. Remember when Moses and Aaron were facing uh, Pharaoh and um, they threw down the staff and uh, the staff turned into snakes. And then Pharaoh said, okay, come on home boys. Come on, my magicians. You do the same thing. He didn't call them home boy. I just said that to keep you awake. He said, come on, magicians, you do the same thing. And they did, right? They were able to duplicate the work of God. So so somebody's asking me, so Pastor Michelle, then how can I know the difference? Well, I don't have an exhaustive answer, but let's begin with this answer. The Holy Spirit's work will always glorify God and not an individual the Holy Spirit's work will always point towards God and not the individual. So Jesus, Jesus quiets for a moment the scribes. We know they're going to come back later because they're upset with him. He has shown them to be who they really are, jealous people, who concerned about the popularity that Jesus Christ is acquiring. But then the gospel lesson returns to his family, right? And his family, again, they, said, they sent a message. Jesus, we're out here. And what is Jesus' response? He says, who's my mother? Who's my father? Those who do the will of God. Let me just say to you that what Jesus has helped us to understand is discipleship transcends all other relationships. You know my background. You know that I've worked with churches in the past, and I've always been amazed. I don't know. Maybe now I'm no longer amazed. I was always amazed whenever there was a conflict within the life of the church, how people would choose friendship over what was best for the church, discipleship. Friendship was so important to them that they they would allow the church to be destroyed for the sake of that friendship. Jesus says, if you want to know who my family is, if you really want to know who my family is, Pay attention to those who are following me, who are striving to be all of who I'm calling them to be, who are disciples. Now, for those of you who think Jesus had no regard for family, I want to take you to the day of his crucifixion. While he was hanging on the cross, he saw his mother, at the foot of the cross and and he saw the beloved disciple and what did he say to the disciple? From this day forward, she's your mother. From this day forward, he's your son. So Jesus is not saying disregard family. No, what he is saying is discipleship transcends family and friends. In this day and time, I will share with you what that looks like as we have challenging conversations around poverty, around economics, around race. Our discipleship will have to transcend our friendships and our relationships with family members family members who choose to hold on to that, that ideology that is not life-giving, that is not of God. Jesus asked us the question, in the midst of those challenging times, will you, will you, will you choose discipleship over friendship? One of the reasons why I so appreciate this text today is because as a young adult, I had such a need. It was a, it was a deep need to belong. Brene Brown says there's a difference between the need to belong and then the need to um, fit in. As a matter of fact, she said that the opposite of belonging is fitting in. Belonging means you are your authentic self. Fitting in means you'll, you'll let go of your authentic self to, to appease someone else. I had a deep need to belong. I, it was just deep. It, it was deep. And then I found myself affiliated with the church. And it was within that community of faith that that need was met. I'm not the only one who has ever had a need to belong. There may be people here even in our sanctuary or worshiping with us online who have a need to belong. I've come today to let you know that through Jesus Christ that need can be met through the body of Jesus Christ the church that need can be met. I said it last Sunday and I'll say it again today. We've been waiting for you. You who find yourself on the outskirts of having a relationship with Jesus Christ, you who find yourself on the outskirts of connecting with the body of Jesus Christ, we've been waiting for you. (laughs) We're not perfect. We're not. We're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna say things that we at times maybe should not have said, but this is what we will do when we find out that we've made a mistake We're going to seek forgiveness from God. And if we've hurt someone, we're going to seek forgiveness from them. Because you see, here at Evangel Heights, United Methodist Church, we're committed to growing up as disciples of Jesus Christ. We're committed. We're not into just... Membership, that's the beginning. We're committed to growing and becoming more and more like Jesus Christ so that when people see us, they'll see the image of Jesus Christ. And we want you to join us on that journey. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks so much for reminding us that regardless of who we are, regardless of the labels other people give to us, we can belong to you through Jesus Christ. And and we thank you for this family that Jesus Christ has created. I pray that if there is one who's longing to belong, let them know that Evangel Heights is a place where they can experience that belonging. Remind them that, that we're not perfect. Yeah, we will make mistakes. But let them know that when we do, we will seek forgiveness so that we can be the brothers and sisters in Christ who are doing your will. Brothers and sisters in Christ, who you're calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, giving you thanks. Amen.